Welcome to Earth School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life. Hosted by B.B. Dalman and Rosalind McNally. Welcome back everybody to this week's episode of Earth School. Um, we enjoy your presence here and we hope you get a lot from this week's episode. We're diving into sort of the energetics of the 9th to the 15th of July. And we thought we would, what we're called to sort of explore in today's episode is carrying on from the idea where we're chatting about the changes, the limitations, really tuning into what's important to us, our values and sort of creating lives that really nourish us and feed us and that we're yeah, like deeply content with like. Um, but what we thought we'd do is because in that space, we've just talked about the threshold space, but within that space, there is that point of, in a sense, taking risks of jumping, mm. not even jumping, but stepping. Sometimes it is a jump. Sometimes it's treading lightly, but that navigating of that space of where there's a part of you calling forth for change or for something different or to embody an aspect. And then obviously you're going to meet the other parts that maybe are a little bit apprehensive about that, but also within the context of that we live in a physical realm, like, you know, so how do we navigate that space of day to day responsibilities and all of maybe the concerns and worries that may come with that? So we thought it'd be nice to sort of jump in with sort of risk taking, checking in with ourselves, listening to ourselves. And what does that look like? Are those places and spaces in life that maybe give us a little bit of a shake? Um, so we hope you enjoy and welcome, Bibi. Hi, Rosalind. <laughs> be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, my dear, I'd love to sort of think, yeah, the role of risk taken in like the healing journey. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I have a sort of back to front thought on, on risk taking. Um, for me, if I think of my life, the risk taking wasn't so much about taking the step forward, but it's almost like, I would consider it risky to to not evolve um you know anytime sort of then evolution came and that's that's mostly around those turning points that we don't necessarily plan from our head you know there's there's sometimes these waves coming through us and like where our cognitive mind goes like i'd like to keep it the way it was but everything else is sort of wishing through and I think I've learned over the years that resisting that that wave that then runs through is usually worse effects on me physically mentally emotionally energetically you know um so in a way it's actually riskier to to not go along with it rather than you know slowly lean into it i'd be the same <clears throat> not really like i remember one of my teachers will say it's, it's the only game in town <laughs> Do you know, guys? And like, you know, what else would you be doing with your time? Like, and I was just laughing, go, yeah, you know, or if I'm chatting to somebody or from working through my own stuff and all there, like, you know, it's always like, you know, I can't not do this. Like, mm. do you know, like, I can't, it's just, it's just ingrained in me. Like, do you know, even from day dot of stepping into this work, I can't not keep allowing change to happen. Like, doesn't mean that we're on best bud terms or anything else or that I flow through change like a beautiful swan like I'm often like the little duck paddling like crazy underneath like but you know it's still the commitment to that there like and I think you know like sometimes when we're sometimes when we think of risk we automatically think it's that you know you're just cutting right off the end and leaping into something Mm -hmm. but it's also like you know if you think think of the word like calculated risk as and like I'm still using my 
cognitive abilities, but I'm also really deeply listening to my intuitive, my emotions and really listening and fine-tuning nearly what is true to me, like, you know, that inner truth that maybe really is calling me forth because that can be the anchor point that allows me to come back to it when maybe I feel my brain's going, ah, oh, seriously, I, I don't I don't think this is a good idea. Like, like retreat, you know, evacuate, get out, you know, go back to normal, you know, keep your foot in that door there off the stable job and head back mm-hmm. into that. Like, you know, so I think it's like, you know, you're finding, you know, like you're in the seesaw, like, you know, you're finding your balance while you're making these sort of changes and transitions within yourself or in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's like, it literally feels like, and that's why I mentioned like wave. For me, it literally feels like there's this energy unfolding, this 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 pushing through me. And, and like you, it's rarely elegant. <laughs> and, you know, I always feel like I'm somewhere between like diving through hedges and like swimming in mud and <laughs> feel like, you know like hopefully no one sees me right here you know it's 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 not as in like you know it's it's a time I think we're also um all our what we might label um ugly parts come up you know the parts where we go like you know after having done so much work I I wish I could face this a little more graceful a little more grounded a little more you know, just need to <laughs> one mm. parcel at a time. And I'm beautifully hopping from stepping stone to stepping stone across that river and over um, on, on the other side. And it's just, it's just not. So what I've learned in that time as well, you know, there, there, because we're blessed with, and we might talk about this later, these different stages of these unfoldings. And then they're, you know, that we collectively share in sort of like a life's rhythm. And then there are loads of individual ones and more spontaneous ones that come up. But you know, they come up when they come up and like they have their own timing. And I think mm-hmm. surrendering, and I know it's such an overused word, but it's also such a necessary word. It's like, I think maybe working with, the, how do I define, you know, for ourselves, how do we define what does surrendering mean? Like, where is that surrendering, borderlining, giving up? You know, what within me would be now giving up or procrastinating or not looking at the risk or not even engaging with the change that's happening and where would I in my actions and how I show up in life what how would I define okay that's sort of the quality of surrendering um yeah Mm. and I think like and like seeing what it's inviting you into like Mm. you know like so rather than focusing sometimes on the doors that are closing what are the potential or what do I get a sense of those doors that are opening for me? Like, do you know, like, so we, because depending on how we are and just within our own being, we can get very lost in what's changing, what's being let go, what's being released or what we're consciously choosing or what sort of just being handed to us. And sometimes it's just to allow ourselves that space to really feel into, even if it's not concrete, but maybe there's an energy behind it, a sense behind it, a feeling, mm. <clears throat> whatever it might be like, but sort of, allowing that to feed you and nourish you in this space like allowing it to call you forward like you know like I, like I call it like you know the smell of the Mickey Mouse and when he smells apple pie like he allows it to lift him up and he floats along the sky till he gets to the apple pie like and to me that's what it often feels like you know like I don't know there's an apple pie at the end I don't even know what's the end of this but there's something calling me forward on it like so there's a surrendering and then there's the invitation and then like there's going to have to be somewhere along the way the how 
but sometimes I think we try and step into that too quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we're maybe not able to figure that part out or we want the how to be immediate. So I'm in that change. I'm on the other side of that page or I'm in that new chapter now mm-hmm. without that. You know, if you think if you read a book that, you know, there's a lot of pages between sort of the change or the, the intimacy to do something different and then the the end of the journey or the beginning of the next chapter or whatever it might be like mm-hmm. so I think sometimes we have to reconcile ourselves that it has its own time and like do you know like that we can't mm-hmm. force it and we can't push ourselves and it's like the invitation is to how can I be fully present in that space like mm-hmm. and what do I need to be in that space to really allow myself to be in it and take what I really need from it so I'm not just skimming the top of it mm-hmm. And I've seen sometimes as well as that, I think the definition of that space, sphere, time can often sound kind of scary as well, you know, risk taking, come on, Mm. jumping on the deep end. And, you know, when I'm going through parts and times in my life when I feel like fully empowered and like ready for something new, like that is a language that is really helpful, you know, but if you've been sort of and the and the wave and the wave is taking you if you just think of learning to surf you know and the baby waves that are taking us sort of, but like these tiny waves but still because you don't quite have the skills yet and it can take you still down to the bottom and totally disorient you you know and then you come up and there's the next wave landing on your head and you're like when am I going to get a breath in here so if you're in that part of a change life and then you go leap in the deep end you know take some risk mm-hmm. like that languaging I, it, I think I always felt like it's just like really highly and inf- inflammatory to the nervous Mm. system it just puts you more in fight or flight which means you see less creative options so what I like to do is like to rephrase that or connect it with something that we've probably all experienced in one area or another in our life that idea of graduation it's a very similar energy you know we've come to the end of whatever we studied whether it's a course or whether it's graduation in school or you know but there is this end of or even might graduate out of one particular job and you get a promotion into that next um but with with graduation just thinking back from school and, and studying and there is that summer void you know where maybe you've signed up for a job you know, you don't really know if that job is really what you want. You can just kind of guess the first time you're maybe working apart from like, you know, the little help of jobs over the summer you've done to, to fund your fund your studies. And, you know, like I remember well for me, I, I, I studied and then there was this like thing lined up that I signed up for initially. And then I was like landing in it and, you know, a year or two later, um, I was just like, it just doesn't feel right, you know, and, and, and that's okay too. That's part of that sort of graduation phase of like, you might just start something and go like, right, two years ago, this seemed like a great idea. Like, you know, I studied A and then go into the corporate world and, and that's the work. And it seemed quite interesting looking at it from the outside, talking to people now that I'm in it. I've also grown a little bit. It's like, oh, this is like not resonant, um, you know, and then you move on. But coming back just to that that graduation phase of you know it's like so much and when we don't know where we're going it's like how much can we celebrate and acknowledge how far we've come because wherever you're leaping into you know if we're spiraling up in life if we're refining our frequencies if we're moving on to the next thing that gives us growth 
we want to bring forth all the things you know that we've learned the tools that we developed Mm -hmm. the ways of being maybe embodied ourselves completely different Mm -hmm. we've grown out of a relationship you know we're like whoa we came into our own and like you want to bring that forward so even though you might not know where you're landing or even jumping into I think that's a really and especially when you feel like that deflated and that you know that at the end of the void that's sort Mm -hmm. of like can't just do another month really okay I guess another month of waiting another year of waiting Mm -hmm. um I think celebrating the past and and releasing what doesn't serve anymore can be really helpful and it can help us to to not cloud you know while we're looking forward because if you're carrying all of that you know if you still Mm. carry all of your school books and all of the teachers and your ears and you know all of the stresses from the exam time like if you think of like that that graduation like you know just before you graduate it's like this intense stress and if you carry all of that forward your sort of level of judgment and your openness is not quite what it could be Mm. so I think sometimes the language jump in the deep end resonates and if you're on an energetic high if you feel empowered go with that but if if you think of like take risk and that's really triggering or really inflaming to your system maybe rephrasing and playing around with that idea of graduation and celebrating how far you've come and releasing what doesn't serve you anymore is maybe another way of navigating that space moving forward. Mm. I was listening to um, Michael Mead will sort of discusses the word end like do you know it's the idea that we see it as an end like there's like you know you've got the chopping block and you just chop it off like and so we go there's beginning middle and then this big definite end. Do you know, like, and and that is for a lot of us in our psyche, just going, oh, well, like, that's completely cut off and gone forever. Like, Mm. but what end actually means is remnants, like, or loose ends, like, so they're actually the things that we forward into the beginning, like, so in a sense, it's that spiral, it's the never ending cycle, but our language in is like, you know, oh, well, it's the end of this and our brain's going, well, that's just completely done for, I'm I'm losing so much. And sometimes we are allowing ourselves to sort of turn and see the full picture us. And okay, there's threads that are coming out from all of this that I continue to carry forward. Like mm. just because I change job does not mean everything ends. It may feel like that because that's where our mind will see it possibly. But there's so much being carried forward. Like, and I think that's where ceremony comes in beautifully mm. is that it allows us to really honor all that has come before us to start clearing up those loose ends that maybe have to be cut, you know, because they're being just sort of knitted out of that pattern because they can't your end in that stitch in a sense, you know, but it's still part of your overall weave, like, but to really honour that and also to nearly soothe it and calm it and give healing to it. So then when you're bringing forward the strands that are going to be used for the new sort of weaving of your tapestry, that even though you may not, you may have a sense of some of them, but some of them are already part of you. Like us, and they're already part of your life, like, and they're being carried forward, like, because sometimes I think we see it so definite, like us, and it's just this complete, complete annihilation of everything. And sometimes that can happen to you, but it's <laughs> not as common as, okay, these stitches are ending, just like you'd lose a stitch somewhere, you know, when you're knitting or when you're sewing something, but these ones are carrying forward. And ceremony gives us a part to really interact with that which is ending but also that which is beginning or is being birthed very gently within us or be as gestating within us, even if we can't name it like. Mm. But I do think within all of us, like to me, it's the words like, you know, what is calling me forth? Do you know, because how I like to look at it, like, you know, what is the energy within me? What is that part of me? It's going, 
you have to there's no like you can't knock like yeah. for me it's always that sense do you know like asking like there's a part of me going I, I want to come out and play I want to be expressed in this way and really it's our authentic self that is looking to come out like mm-hmm. do you know like but we're so used to carrying the roles the stories the identities that sometimes need to be let go of that is terrifying to do like when we're we've built our life up around them like mm. you know so we have to reconcile that part of and you know who am I without this mm-hmm. You know, like, who am I without the identity of being an accountant? Like, mm. you know, who am I without the identity of being the good girl, like the responsible daughter, the one who does everything for everybody? Who am I without that? Mm. And to allow ourselves just to be in that space of exploring that, with you know, even without taking any of the big, you know, I need to leave, like sign in now and leave my job today. Like, as and use all of that space as a space for exploration. Like, mm. you know, like to allow ourselves to dip our feet in those murky waters to see what's there like and building on that really these sort of call them like life crises you know sometimes more overtly sometimes very subtly um are also and that's not to diminish the real world trauma drama difficulty pain that can come with all of this but with all of that, they really also, when we talk about like our spiritual journey, you know, they are really an invitation for us to anchor into something deeper. So, you know, there's one thing of sitting in a yoga room when your life is well and you, well, yeah, on your, your meditation cushion and you connect to this idea of who am I? You know, it's like when you, and that's why we practice a non crisis situation <laughs> that we start uh, like playing with that idea and this idea of, I know from the yoga world now we've talked about this as well through through the lens of reiki and other things that you're doing but this idea of like a spiritual practices are really there to peel away that which stands between you and your light or peeling away all the layers that you're 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 not and these crisis situations are really actually that too and so there's an invitation into watching ourselves we're, what we've identified with and and sometimes it can be something very simple that you go I'm over with drinking coffee <laughs> it's just like <laughs> you know I, I knew for five years it was not good for my body it doesn't you know works fine for my friend but it's just like oh and I was trying to and all of a sudden you're just like done with it you know it can be something as simple and you never look back and um, at other times it can be can be something bigger that you're being asked to to shed you know where you might not be quite that ready yet and you know as as just to keep it in a mundane as well you identify yourself as a coffee drinker you know when they kind of go which one tea or coffee or you know a night out night in it's like they're all ways of how we identify ourselves with as well and you know they can also limit us so you know I'm a coffee drinker and then just like that that's gone um but when you identify yourself you know as a wife or as a husband or you know and what happens when maybe that goes literally in a physical world or you you know identify yourself as being a super efficient um someone in the corporate world you know and you're like this is my this is who I am and then all of a sudden that's not gelling with you anymore and and the crisis goes through that so essentially all these crises are really there to help us which is really hard to remember when you're in pain um to identify ourselves with ever more aspects that are closer to our authentic nature 
And it doesn't mean that we never have to have a partner, never have to have a job and never drink coffee again. They can come back into our life. But it's this, this shake up moment. It's like, hey, you mm-hmm. thought you were only this. And I'm going to take this away from you for a while. So you get a deeper connection to yourself mm-hmm. and also a deeper connection to sort of like, I'm always thinking for me, crisis is such a such an ab- possibility to connect deeper to life force. You know, it's just like when I have no more energy and I have like nothing left and I have no more ideas in my head to how to navigate this sort of world, there is a sense of surrendering and trusting in that. Like something made me grow from that tiny embryo into this baby and something got me from there to there and it was not my intellect. That may have, that mind may have been playing in, but there was some driving force that got me through the years, that got me all the way here. And these crisis situations I'm always trying to hook back into that and sort of trusting that which is again depending on what sort of crisis you're going through can be sometimes really easy you're like Mm. done that's it that was that was nice and uh, at other times it can be yeah really difficult Mm. yeah yeah I remember um, I was chatting to somebody this week and they said to me, oh, I remember you said, and I was like, I don't remember saying that, but okay, that sounds lovely. <laughs> but they were saying, like, in a class, I was saying, like, we can change when life is really good. Do you know, like, mm. but most of us will wait until we're feeling the pinch mm. at our arse, like, do you know, like, until we're really backed into the corner, like, and at that stage, that's when we're so much more contracted, do you know, like, we're so much maybe more in fight or flight, do you know, like, so, and even, I think sometimes if you see life through the lens of, a trajectory or of growth and evolution and expansion and contraction out there. When I say it can make it easier, I don't mean it makes it easier as and you don't feel anything or it's not a pain in the back end. Like, do you know, like, but as and like that idea of surrender or handing over as and yet yeah, I'm participating in this, but something I'm being called mm-hmm. to awaken on a deeper level. I'm being called to get to know myself on a mm-hmm. deeper level because to me, that's what it's all about. Like, mm-hmm. I'm getting to know myself in deeper, deeper, deeper levels. I can see it as accent, ascension if I want an enlightenment and all out there. Like, but that again can leave me looking outside of myself as and it's something outside of me that is doing all of this. But it's this the soul is knocking on the door going, this has been a really good, really good journey. But hey, guess what? There might be more. Hmm. Do you know, there's another little part of you that, you know, you left hanging around there when you were seven years old. I think, God, like, she's really needed at this minute in time, like, do you know, like, for the next part of your journey, like, and it's not that we put on the smiley, positive face and bypass it all, but we also acknowledge, like, it's a shitty place to be in sometimes, like, but there's so much richness in that dissolution of things. Sometimes just parts of us needing to let go and identities needing to be let go because some part of us may be freer in the end of it as well. Like, when we let go of some of those heavy roles because some roles are so beautiful and they really support us and other ones are just like weights that we're carrying around with us like do you know like and when we begin to let them go we don't maybe didn't, don't even realize how bloody heavy they are until we begin to feel the difference do you know, like and that can take its own time like so we need to find those spaces within ourselves our life or outside of ourselves with maybe our support mm-hmm. team and all to me, it's like, you know, where we have spaces where we feel supported, where we're allowed to go at our own pace, where we're allowed not to force ourselves to change yeah. straight away. I think it's so important. Like I was chatting to somebody this week they're in the space with me and they're like, you know, the last time I had healing, you know, somebody, it just, you know, it brought up loads of stuff. And I'm like, look, 
and I explained how I view healing they're like all right so it's my body does this I'm like yeah my intention is not to shake your world up like my intention is not to remove this release this and get this all going my intention is for you to really connect with yourself like and she said and straight away within two minutes she's like oh my god she goes this is how I feel after I meditate for about 30 minutes and she Mm. goes but she goes we're literally just here two minutes and I'm like yeah yeah and she, so it was a safe space for her just to be there. And she goes, but I know there's stuff I'm holding on to. And I went, that's perfect. I go, mm-hmm. you know it. We'll meet it if we ever need to meet it in your time. Like, do you know, so I think we need that too when we're going through change versus here's a 10 step plan. How to leave your job and get into the next one without addressing all of the nervous system that, you know, is just going to be so much triggered like us. Mm-hmm. And how can I? support that somatically through movement through breath through yoga or whatever my little go-tos are and to understand to give myself time I think is also important like so you're going to be straddling a couple of words worlds possibly mm. but as to give that time like and not because time is the greatest healer but as in some things just take time as well yeah and time can work you know what yes. might seem nothing is moving can then overnight be resolved your energy is back and you move on you know I think mm-hmm. like I'm always hesitant to mess around and force timing you know in different different things around business mm-hmm. but also when I moved or way back when we were looking for a camper to live in a camper you know to find a camper there there would have been ways of doing it to probably get the camper earlier but there was a specific intention we had behind getting a certain type of camper. Um, and yeah, in the end, we found exactly the one we wanted that was pre-owned by one family for 20 years, loved, and it was in pristine. And it wasn't just about that the fabric was good. You could feel how much they loved that camper. And for us to give up all of our home and move into a camper, mm. it was nice to move into a space that was already pre-loved. Um and that was just one example of many. So there is this, yeah, personally, I just don't like messing. And there's, again, messing with, with sort of a natural timing, call it divine mm. timing or call it synchronicity, um, which is, again, different to procrastination because yeah. I'm good at that too. <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah. when we start watching ourselves, we know the difference, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think when, when you're going through through that space of change, what you mentioned, that, that, that safe space, I think it's so important. Um because the thing we can always do is the self-tending. We can always do, look at like, where am I at today? What's my capacity today? What am I available for? What am I not available mm-hmm. for? And like literally hold yourself through the shift all the way through rather than, you know, the 10-step plan. Because what these crises or shift situations have or an opportunity offer us is that we come out with more integrity and more alignment with our true nature and ourselves. Now, if I lay over this process, a very pragmatic Western world, and we've all done it, I've done it too, mm-hmm. you know, the, the what is my one, one to 10, you know, and we can even layer over practices like yoga, you know, and I practice yoga for 60 minutes and then I meditate for 15 minutes and then I <laughs> practice and then I call a friend and then I write a gratitude list. <laughs> it's just like, you know, when you take a step back and we need to humor in this process, but when you take a step back and like, where did you let your inner child even like breathe and live in that whole thing you know because out of this fear of not knowing we put a very very much western like control over it and just mask it looking really nice as a 10-step plan but the problem is when you sort of I'm just thinking like 
floor over before the foundations have even settled like what you're getting on the other end possibly is not as deep and rich as what was available for you and it also might be actually someone else's idea of how you should come out of this crisis right and that's Mm -hmm. the other thing I think we what I've seen also like people started you know collectively so much has changed not just over the last 18 months but you know over the last decade or two there is so much awareness practices that's been you know people are embodying their their sort of awareness in a completely different way and that plays into how we navigate these crisis situations so what before may have been called a midlife crisis you know I was like oh my god you just like get out of that relationship or buy yourself a fancy car and like you know it's like and then but laughed at and then and then you come back crawling back with your tail between your legs kind of thing you know when we've done this sort of healing work I think what's really helpful is like you said it doesn't make as you're going through it as such necessarily <laughs> easier but being able to identify what it actually is it's not something weird a crisis that's mm-hmm. happening to you a midlife crisis where you like brace stop breathing hopefully the other end is near you, you we start to understand that this is an opportunity to become more of ourselves and some of them are rhythmically, if you think of like astrology, built into our life at different points in our life. And then there are, based on our natal sort of individuality and our energies, there are all these small ones and depending on what's triggered. So that's one. I think having, if you've had a yoga practice, if you had a meditation practice, any of those practices, they're really coming in because they're preparing you. It doesn't make the, mean the crisis goes away. Sometimes it can mean that you're actually not facing the crisis because that's also what happens is these these two or three bigger milestones in life, they're literally there to wake you up and shake you up and go like, you know, is this really mm. what you're here for? You got these 80, 90, 100, 120 years, whatever you're here on this planet, is this how you want to spend it, uh, spend them? Um, but when we're sort of living more engaged, more awake, not that much has to be shared all the time because we are more connected to that inner light. So there is an accumulative effort or effect Mm -hmm. to all of the practices when we showed up in two ways. So we have a different context. We can identify what's going on, but we also do not come usually as loaded, you know, with the weight in our baggage. There's still stuff, you know, we're humans. It's part of it, Mm -hmm. but it might be a little lighter. And with the awareness, we can share things as well a lot faster. And I, my hope lastly would be if we at some point could actually integrate these rite of passages back in a ritualistic way into our everyday life so they don't become or stay something that's weird that happens when you're in your 40s or 50s you know you're just losing it or you know that like oh yeah go to Australia for a year in your early 20s and mm-hmm. then you come back in and you tie yourself down to it's like how can we celebrate these things so that whatever we explored in that year in Australia, whatever that did, how can we bring that then back into us, into our society when you have that midlife crisis and whatever awakening you go through, even in your 50s, I'm thinking Chiron return, it's like stepping into that wisdom phase. Like, how can we integrate that into, into you know, society? So welcoming people and holding people that are going through a crisis uh, phase rather than putting the trigger up and going like, well, you've been in there like time-wise, you know, if you've been there in a hot minute, like, will you get yourself organized? Are you the one that meditates? You should have your shit together, you know, and get on with it. So I think there is a huge collective invitation as well how we define those spaces and what they can hold for us what I'm, what's coming to mind is when we if we don't know what those spaces are if we don't know those sort of initiatory things happen in life then 
like to use a stereotypical, we will be like, to think of like, you know, the stereotypical one of the man leaves the wife and then runs off with the 20 year old sort of thing, like because they're not meeting the part of their psyche that's coming up for like, you know, to be looked at, to be healed. And also it's, it's sometimes we get those. It's kind of like, you know, true flames. Oh, my true flame now. We're going to live happily forever. I'm dumping my husband, my kids and running off like rather than sitting with what's coming up in that moment. Mm -hmm. What's the charge? What's going on? What is the what's the invitation in this space? Like, because often it's not to run off with, you know, the 20 year old unless that's what it is. But most often it's not that maybe it's not to, you know, leave my job. Maybe it's but those are the, the initial boiling things that are bubbling up through you like or we're beginning to look at life and go well like I'm looking at everything now and I'm going well like I don't even know if that's what I wanted mm. but it doesn't mean that's the full truth mm. do you know because beneath that there then is like what are the maybe the needs or the societal beliefs that I've taken on or the little roles that I'm playing or the little stories that I'm sticking to and maybe there's a call just for a different expression of me within those spaces mm-hmm. but sometimes we're, we're very quick if we're not aware of to give it the the churning the cooking the the time that it needs and when I say time it's not about the length but it's just you know a space actually space that it needs mm-hmm. would be the more appropriate word the space that it needs so I can really see what that that's what's been shown to me, what's been reflected to me, like, mm. do you know, because we've all been in spaces where we're like, yeah, I'm done, I'm out of here, like, and then when we stay a little bit longer, like, oh, okay, it's not actually about that at all. Yeah. Okay, that was just the knee kick or the knee kick reaction, is that the word? The knee kick reaction, like, do you know, like, so I think it's looking at these things and if we're working with them consciously, we get to interact and be in relationship with them. <clears throat> and if we're not, sometimes we're very quick off the boil and then going, why did I burn, burn my whole life down? And maybe that's mm-hmm. what wasn't needed. And then there's other times, yes, where that is what is needed. But mm-hmm. we can only find that through the reflection, the inquiry, being honest with ourselves about those deeper parts that maybe are coming up to be looked at as well. I think that's such an important piece in it all. And even in those cases where you describe where it is needed to burn down the house, what what's more important though before burning down the house is what has shifted within you that empowered you to A, see that clearly and B, step into your power and then make that decision and act on, on it, right? So something yeah. has changed. Why now? Why not a couple of months ago? And I think it's, again, so what they have in common, whether you burn down the house or not, yeah. is the inner realization and there we're back around to a sense of, you know, enlightenment or a sense of like expansion or knowing ourselves better, knowing our true nature. Mm-hmm. There's so many words we can give that. I think it's always difficult to give it a word because it's really just an experience. Mm-hmm. So one way maybe of going through something that can help as well is to go back through other parts where you had like a little, a, a little difficult situation. <laughs> I would say like a little, a little difficult is like they're usually the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just I had a wee little, um, no, but where you had, let's say a, a crisis that you walked through and you, you, you've come to meet yourself in a different way. And you had a visceral shift in how you experience your own aliveness. And that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's the invitation we're walking through. So yeah, sometimes midlife crisis or, um, any of these can be nothing changes at all. Like, you know, it can be like a circle friend stays the same, everything. You cook even the same meals. But how you relate to it all, it's like, it's completely, it's it's mind-blowingly different, right? Yeah. You see the world in HD. 
and so it can be subtle sometimes to the outside and you know but so incredible on on the inside yeah um but it's not just midlife crisis it's just kind of want to mention that like, like sort of from from astrology point of view it's like you know your saturn return at the end of your 20s like between 28 and 30 is a big invitation too so many of us have some make sometimes big life shifts those first ones tend to be actually often more structural where we go like oh now i'm getting out of that job or now i'm getting married or now i'm you know um maybe have children um the one around 40 is more so i would say emotionally and authenticity driven you know and and then there's another big invitation i just think i don't know if i'm gonna eat my words <laughs> i'm looking forward to or your current return around your you know 50 52 um which really is an invitation to now you've seen so much now you've experienced so much uh, you had time to be in the struggle and the beauty of life you've seen it all pretty much you know so what's the wisdom you distill from that how does that wisdom get to live within you and then how is that wisdom emanating through you out into the collective again you know mm. um but again this could be just another caterpillar to butterfly moment that sounds beautiful <laughs> you just going through the ringing but i'm looking forward to experiencing that you know rather than just taking it from box but yeah and you can't preempt it you can't no, no. You, you like no. even no. with your chart and all there like you know you know oh okay this is this is like this trajectory is coming towards me like you know like i know i'm turning 28 my saturn returned da, 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 you know but you've you have a bit of an idea maybe where it might be impacting but you don't really know how it's going to really show up yeah. and part of that's good because then otherwise you'd probably spend no depending on how your mind is you might try and plan your way through it like or just sort of sidestep it a little bit like i left accountancy in my saturn return like mm. without realizing it was my saturn return like because i'd literally just sort of started into this stuff probably or just sort of been in it a couple of years and I literally jumped, like literally, as I said to people, don't jump unless you know how to build wings. And I didn't know how to build wings. So I can tell you all the different stages of that. And now to look at me, you go, I'm in my midlife crisis, like, mm. do you know, like 42 and all there. Like, and I'm like, it's not a crisis, it's like a great invitation because I'm seeing things very, very, very clearly. Well, maybe not clearly at this moment, but I know I will. <laughs> but I know I'm in that space, like. You know, like, so the invitation is definitely that authenticity, the true expression of self. Mm. Like, and then I see other people who are in their Chiron. I know a few people are moving through that and it's beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. And then I like, and, and then if you even look at who do you admire at certain phases in their life or even like, you know, you might not see them through all phases, but at certain stages in life, what are the qualities you see that they really embody? Like, mm. and you know, like what really entices, we've chatted about this before, you know, what really calls it I might not have it now but it's something maybe that I'm growing within myself and for a lot of people it will be their their authentic self like mm. you know I've sat in so many groups of people and it's like oh why like because they're just they're, they're just them they're them do you know like I see them and I'm with them or I listen to them I'm just like they're not making this up that's who they are mm. so there's all a part of all of us looking to be who we are mm. and that's us at our core level when we came on our true self our true essence our authentic self mm-hmm. and to me that's the the journey mm-hmm. like so like yeah, I have no idea what Chiron like I'm not even out of my midlife part like no idea what Chiron will invite but I'm kind of going yeah let's just be in this space as much yeah. as I can mm-hmm. and building a little bit on what we were talking about in last week's episode is 
you know, when are these practices are expansive to us and when are they becoming limiting? You know, I, I personally like to sit with people in readings either before they go through something like that and you know and you have to be very mindful as an astrologer as well to go like you know in a year's time your Saturn return comes yeah. up so you're probably like it's your, like just don't layer these things on because they stick with people and then they are starting to live subconsciously live up mm-hmm. to what you place into their mind everything's gonna fall apart I personally but that's me personally mm-hmm. I'm not the I don't relate to astrology in a way necessarily about the forecasting aspect mm. so much. Um, I use it in terms of trying to understand my own energetics better and what's there like available, what I'm already connected to, what I'm not mm. connected to. And, and the activations are doorways into a deeper understanding of that. Because for me personally, I, I, I've had readings and I know what happens in my mind when somebody goes, about two years you go through that phase, my mind remembers that. And it picks up every single breadcrumb that could be a clue to that. And I'm so over analyzing on it that I'm actually leaving my body. So from that experience, you know, there's a way of working beforehand without naming it as the big Saturn, you know, return or your Uranus opposition or Chiron return. But just highlighting it more so, like I like to talk about it more like like a spiritual portal or a rite of passage. Do you feel there are shifts coming, you know? Uh, just note that, you know? And when someone is going through a phase like that, what you really need is you don't need so much of waypointers, although you think you need that. What you need is buoys. <laughs> You need stuff that keeps your head above the water. You need things that you keep breathing, that you keep reminding this is a process. You don't need to be in the storm trying to stay above the water and go and, you know, Africa is over there, America is over there, Europe is up here, you know. Like, that's not helpful because you're like, yeah, but I don't know how to get there, you know. So there is this sort of in this, in this when you're right going through this phase, I feel like it's really potent of like, again, you know, like stuff is shifting take notes of what what's coming into your awareness where you're being expanded where you're being when we expand we also naturally contract where do you find yourself resisting more Mm -hmm. than you wouldn't have resisted beforehand you know Uh, and then having sessions and readings afterwards is beautiful like for me to integrate that you know especially if people have gone through this and have taken notes and they're they're, they're sitting Mm -hmm. meditation and they have an awareness practice because then you can sort of weave it in and help the mind understand and catch up with the body and the experience. And I think that is really helpful then when it comes to creating, you know, your world, your life on the other side, whether things change on the external or not. Um, so there are sort of like ways to to stitch it, stitch it together that I, I find way more helpful rather than going like this thing is coming up. And also, oh no, no sorry, on a last yeah. note, like my Uranus opposition is not coming up for another year. I've been in that sort of feeling yeah. for the last 12 months. That's what so, I was just going to say. Like, yeah, yeah. There, there are planetary shifts where we go, Saturn takes 30 years to go around um, to return where it was at your birth time or moment. Uranus takes actually 80 years. So around 40 years plus minus, depending on when you were born, where it was. 38 42 43 um that's 40 years it's halfway around you know so you're not just gonna go there is my uranus of position and i'm gonna feel that in a hot minute and i totally channel the energies down and we can do all that we can set rituals around those moments too 
but chances are the layers of your being are feeling that way before and and way after that mm. um but we just watch like how our mind and i think that's come back to when we use astrology gonna go just to control things you know like rather than using it to understand things and then working more from our intuitive or our instinctual or our true nature rather than from what the mind figured out yeah 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 and that's exactly what i was going to say to you like, because it's never we think it's just going to land like a big spaceship in the middle of the ground and go here's your saturn return i'm like it's like already been happening like do you know like i can trace this moment back even like 10 years ago 13 years mm-hmm. ago you know without realizing it would lead me here i can really feel it kick up steam probably about two and a half years ago mm-hmm. do you know like well it's labeled it you know it's this it's this it's this i'm just going because you're you're on a river you're being brought along it like and also and also when we're talking about these planets yes they're the planets that are going around but what i mean in your chart is they will always carry an essence of the energy where they were when you were born Hmm. so your uranus opposition will feel different to my uranus Hmm. opposition because in your natal in your birth chart it has a slightly different flavor it will be freedom searching and authenticity searching and on some level but it's nuanced where it plays Hmm. out and where it wants to play out so it's beautiful to hear you actually say that you felt that like 10 years ago you felt that ever since because i i feel as well it's like there's it's not something that happens to us it's like an in a way even though you know externally stimulated but it's an inner revolution it's like that thing has been unfolding since you were born Mm -hmm. and it's coming now to culmination it's that full moon phase you know the full moon doesn't just happen right there it's like what happened from new moon to full moon because it's it's like you know and if i had awareness if i had memory i could probably trace it way back from when i was little like the expression of it in its Mm -hmm. truest form possibly Mm -hmm. But then it gets covered with all of the wounds, like mm. so. Within the wounds, we're looking for the gifts, the parts of us, like, and they're being revealed over time, like. Mm. You know, like, and to me, that's what it is. It's like the peeling away, but the revealing of those parts off myself, like. And I could have sat and tried to work with this stuff thirteen mm. years ago, but it would never be in the richness that it is now, like, mm. because it's only through all of these years and all of the stuff that's happened since. That it really allows me to see this in its fullness at this moment in time, knowing that in five years' time it'll, be, it'll show me a completely different picture. Mm. But in this moment in time, I get to work with it from a completely different foundation and a mm. place of power versus a place of possible lack. Like, And that's again where the awareness practices come in. And if you have sort of a, a rough timeline or even journals, because... Well, you can use a, a session for us as well to sort of work retrospectively or rectify in a way so you know so when we say for the saturn return if you think of a clock phase that means saturn started just for the for the easiness started at 12 o'clock and it's then back around at 12 o'clock but really when your saturn started let's say 12 o'clock if it comes over to three o'clock it makes a connection to your original 12 o'clock when it comes to six o'clock it makes a connection to nine o'clock and all the points in between by the way as well which is mm-hmm. like in astrology we kind of go with the sort of a lot of times a lot of astrology goes with the big connections but they're you constantly it's never not in connection mm-hmm. with 
But what it means is you can break it down and go back in sort of these chunks of years, you know, and go like, what happened in around that time? And around that time, you go, oh, holy Jesus, I actually see that that showed up when I was whatever, 12 in this particular way. And then again, you know, and so you can start to again in that using astrology in that way, again, it's not for me to kind of keep a box on how your Saturn return is going to look like, how your Christ is going to look like, what you're going to do. I don't believe that life is predetermined in that way there's free will all mm. along but it helps you to understand sort of the landscape it understands you the weather it understands like oh these are sort of the themes that are on the table mm. that I have now a choice to look at adjust connect in a different way and then move forward with so I think that's also where we touched a little bit on it like last week but where these individual practices connect you know because for me if I was to keep it just in astrology it's beautiful but for me personally I need to embody it I need to bring it onto the mat into a movement practice like how does it feel when we talk about freedom how does freedom feel in my body how does it feel if I have mm. a foundation or if I don't have a foundation you know and so on but also through through the energetics and and imagine like certainly the work you're doing you know it's like that would be my first going point it's like okay I got my brain has understood this now <laughs> I started to sort of embody and start to feel that oh that's how it feels in my body and and now when I work with it beyond the logical side so going into other practices so they all support each other to help mm -hmm. us navigate these what's often I'm just called crisis situations which is I think it's a bad label for for I'm what it really sure is I'm pretty sure if I knew what crisis meant at its core it's not what we think it is it never is and I must find that out maybe for the next episode I'm thinking because <laughs> I can't can't pull it out from my head but I know I've heard it somewhere because sometimes these words when we actually hear them we're like oh my god that's so beautiful <laughs> you know like but when we're going crises we're just like oh my god that means it's like I'm losing so much mm. and we forget that maybe we're growing and gaining so much as well like you know like so it's also teaching us how do we engage with the little mini deaths of life, like the little mm. endings in general. And how do I engage with the little births that are happening all of the time? Mm. Do you know, like, so how can I engage with what's maybe sitting in front of me at this moment? And how can I stay awake through this process? That's beautiful. Mm. So we will wrap it up there, I think, and leave you with those little thoughts, people. We hope you've enjoyed today's little podcast and we hope you take from it and may it carry you forth in the coming weeks and be the little buoyancy that you need at these times. And we look forward to connecting with you next week as always. And if you have spare moments, hop over to wherever you listen to this here on those platforms and hit those little stars if you wish to. And have a beautiful week. Bye. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Earth School podcast hosted by Rosalie McNally and BB Dallin. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdallman.com and thethirstysoul.com. Thank you.